Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. the latest Panthers news and opinions. I'm here with my brother, Cody Lashney. How you doing? Tony Dunn, I'm doing good, man, and I'm feeling fly. I'm kind of feeling like DJ Moore on Fashion Week. Out here on the That's how we're feeling tonight, and that's how we're rolling into this episode, man. Happy to All right. Well, look, you lost uh, right when you did that. It blew my connection. <laughs> uh, we are reconnecting. Tony reconnecting. Are you back with me? All right. All right. So it's probably my son getting on and off his own social media here, but it probably was Antonio Brown blowing me off the runway there. What's up with the yeah. blonde mustache, man? I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, I, I think yeah. if you got black facial hair and you dye it blonde, you're in for bad luck. We saw what happened for Cam that year. He did that with the goat. Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, didn't happen good for uh, for Cam Newton. But uh, yeah, that was DJ Moore at New York Fashion Week. I have no idea how that even happened. How he got on the runway in the first place. But uh, DJ out here making moves. That's what happens when you spend one year with Cam Newton as your quarterback. Uh, <laughs> but hey, man. 
Oh, I you said DJ. I was sitting here. I'm thinking about Antonio Brown with that blonde mustache. It's been on my mind. Yeah, but that is hideous too, man. The whole time is what I've been thinking about. All right, so tonight's show, it's Evolution Baby. That's right. It's kind of like that old Pearl Jam song. Man, the Panthers are evolving, and part of that includes Eric Reed, who signs a three-year deal. We'll be talking about that tonight. Alex Armbaugh. Alex Armbar Arma. That's who we got to talk about. (laughs) Making a citizen's arrest. Ron Rivera wants to evolve, so Ben Jacobs does. We've got a ton to talk about. And Cody, who are we previewing in free agency this evening? Tonight we are previewing none other than D Ford, the defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Ron Rivera has basically come out and said that we are going to be having some three or four looks. And D Ford uh, fits that build. He's rushed with his hand in the dirt. And as a stand-up outside linebacker, so that ought to be fun. We're talking Cam Newton's YouTube channel, right, as well. And we've got a ton of cat calls and some good cat calls tonight. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast. And uh, thanks to all the people in the chat room right now. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook. Jump in the conversation. I'll try to monitor uh, them as much as possible. Subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Make sure that you uh, just listen to the po- uh, podcast. Even if you watch the video, make sure you subscribe to the podcast in case you can't catch us live or whatever. All right, let's jump into tonight's show. Let's uh, open up with Eric Reed, the Panthers, the news, the news of the day, yes. the news of the week. We've been kind of wondering if this was going to happen, wanted to know what the Panthers were going to do. We knew that they were in talks. Announced today, um, Eric Reed signs a three-year, $21 million deal that could be upwards of 24 with incentives. Nothing there. $10 million guaranteed, I believe. Do we got any news from Rappaport on that, Cody? We absolutely do. <laughs> we got a tweet. Play the tweet. Yeah, we have, we absolutely do have some news. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot was made of – uh, the contract details, and but personally, I'm not, I'm not mad at him. I, I mean, you know, Eric Reed was going to play football for someone, and if it was going to play, if it was going to be for us, we had to pay the man. And uh, a lot of people online seem to either be in the camp of they love it, the numbers are great, or we overpaid him and we paid way too much money for a player that was kind of up and down last year. Um, I could not disagree more. I, I think that Eric Reed, these numbers are, are fantastic. I mean, you had to pay the man something. You had to pay him what it was worth. Uh, and, and you know, think about Eric Reed didn't have a training camp. He didn't have OTAs. He came in, what, around the third or fourth game of the season. And he had to come in and kind of learn everything on the fly. And he still made some incredible um, open space tackles in the middle of the season that sure sure enough saved some touchdowns uh, from being put on the board. Um, Tony, I love it, man. I, this is, from my opinion, this is the, the best way that the Panthers could have started off their free agency cycle. Well, I guess, like you said, is, is every free agency signing, uh, you know, you automatically go to the contractual details and you, and you debate whether or not you overpaid, you underpaid, what's the value there. But this one is complicated by the fact that it's Eric Reed, 
and that Eric Reed has, uh, I guess, the shroud, the clouds, the baggage of of all yep. the protest and all of this. So uh, here, the way I feel about it is this: is that um, Eric Reed as a safety take away any of the things that go on outside of football and take, you do need to take into account that he hadn't played football in a year and he comes in six games, four games, whatever it was into the season, like you're saying on the fly is that the very worst, he was one of the better safeties we've had in a long time. You know what I'm saying? At the very, very worst is that. and, and, And so Really, you only expect him to really be a better player, and particularly if you put him in a better position rather than this unknown safety position we have where we don't even know who Mike Adams and Eric Reed and who these guys, what the, what their roles are on the team sometimes. I think it would be more defined if you said, this is a guy we're going to build around a little bit. But then you look at those numbers there, and anybody who says he's overpaid – what they're really saying is, is he doesn't deserve to be a starting safety if he's overpaid because seven million dollars a year, right now, is kind of. Look, uh, Eric Weddle makes six and a half million dollars a year, but his contract was twenty five, twenty six million dollars, and he signed that two years ago. Well, and listen, th- these numbers are going to get even better considering that Earl Thomas is going to sign the deal somewhere. Tyron Matthew is going to sign the deal somewhere. There are uh, safeties out there that are going to sign contracts that are going to make you love what we just signed Eric Reed to. I mean, the, the guy is only 26 years old, and he's a mean tackler. I mean, I want some guy that, that you ha- a guy that you have to be afraid that's going to put the boom on you. I mean, I don't care if he plays free or strong. Uh, I know uh, we want him to play strong safety. I'm not mad at that. If you put him there, I think he's great at stopping the run. It, give him more time to adjust to what we're trying to do on defense and who we are as the Panthers' defense evolves. That's the word for the night, that evolve, that evolution. Um, I, I feel that he fits everything that the Panthers uh, are from a from a defensive standpoint, I mean, he is uh, what we want in a player. I mean, he's incredible. Twenty seven, Scott Thomas cracks me. Yeah, twenty seven years old. Uh, I mean, the the best is in front of him. I'm happy about this. I was ecstatic, um, and, and now I think that opens up moves in the draft and in free agency that that we don't have to take care of now that we re-signed our own. I think this is a good I think you're 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 absolutely right that this is a good value at at the end of the day is that and now I think the good news about this is that too the Panthers have finally made a statement about who they want to play safety rather than yeah. making this completely a revolving door of people is that I really feel like we're committing to a player who had and 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 embracing him now this is the overtime podcast network <laughs> then comes the question of is that here eric reed has been he's going to be asked these very same questions fans are going to ask these types of things here's eric reed in a one-on-one interview uh from panthers.com uh let's see i think um bill Voth did this agency is still about a month away oh. you could have tested the waters why do you start it month away free agency is still about a month away you could have tested the waters 
Why do this now? I feel comfortable here. I like the environment. Um, I like the city. Um, I like the coaching staff. Um, I think my family will be comfortable here. So I'm excited just to get it done. How tempted were you to test the market, were you? After what I've been through last year, I didn't really get my hopes up. So um, we started talking yeah. to the team a couple weeks after the season ended. Um, I was fine with that. We we're going to see where it went. And if, if it went farther than that, then then I would have been a free agent. That's just what it was going to be. So uh, it didn't make it to that. And so I'll be a Panther for the next three years. Um, so what we got there is that first is I have some theories is that I do believe this is that I think that if you took away the the political baggage that we've talked about, the extra personality baggage that comes with Eric Reed, this would be a non-issue signing right here. Seven million dollars, a guy that played and contributed on the team who you plan to start the next year. That it, it doesn't seem like this is a, a, a groundbreaking contract on its own in that right. I think then it comes with some sort of a discount on its own because what Eric Reed has asked there, Cody, is did he think about testing free agency? And he said, I feel comfortable here. The Carolina Panthers, because they negotiated with him in somewhat decent, it seems like um, in good faith or authentically, they approached it in a way that wasn't insulting. They probably got Eric Reed actually at a price that was slightly less than what it would have been um, had it not come with uh, the extra stuff. Yeah, and I mean the extra stuff is definitely um, it, it's it's a talking point, and honestly, I feel it's so unfair because most of the people base their opinions around that one talking point. You know, for someone that is still in a collusion case against the NFL, and he's so angry about this and that, and then some people were disappointed in his play. I mean, from from my point of view, ask yourself this: Does he have the potential to be better than Roman Harper, Kurt Coleman? Uh, Ross Cockrell, or no, who was the guy that got uh, uh, Denoris Searcy? Yeah, uh, who had a concussion. I mean, if you think Eric Reed has the potential, those guys are four million dollar players, that's what they are. They're four million dollar players, that's what you would get for four million dollars. You basically got just a, I mean, like, it's not you didn't go and pay the top level of what the honey badger is going to get. And yeah, uh, yeah, and Earl Thomas is still out there. Look, listen, and once they sign their contracts, you're gonna love this deal even more. That's a promise. Um, listen, I just think that you know, uh, so many Panther fans in free agency get upset that we didn't do anything and that we didn't grab this player or that player. Not only did we do it in the middle of the season when even us didn't think that we were gonna bring him in when we were calling for it to happen. But then we locked him down and said, we want you to be a part of what we're going to do. We want you to be someone that's in our locker room that is a vocal force. Um, I, I just, I, I honestly believe that we have not seen the best of Eric as a player. And in my mind, this is the perfect way to start free agency. I, I love the move and I love what he has the, the potential to do for us and our defense moving forward. Tip of the cap to Marty Herney there, but let's keep building on that. It's evolution, baby. If you think about this, this is a move that while we're here discussing 
the surrounding controversy of potentially of a of a signing of an Eric Reed where where there really is it's less of a story than it is. And but the fact is we've got a new owner. We've gone from Jerry Richardson to David Tepper and in that yeah. there is an evolution here. We don't want to overplay and oversell that like this just f- drastic change of a culture. But here's another point right here that the tides have changed for this organization under Dave Tepper. Now, what I do believe, though, Cody, is that part of the resistance to to Eric Reed and maybe even the opposition to him and that even fuels that political opposition to his stance is sort of his demeanor. He is a very even keel guy, right? He doesn't get up. He doesn't get down. He also, in my, it's, it's almost refreshing though, at the same time, when you hear a guy speak bluntly about the, the situation in such a matter of fact and honest way. And I think though, that that can be off putting to some people. Here's a quote from, Eric Reed, it says uh, they were asking him about did the Carolina Panthers sign in you last year? Did that play into the into your decision, the loyalty, maybe a little loyalty, to the organization? He said loyalty to the Panthers played a minimal factor. It's an interesting aspect in sports where people wonder how much loyalty plays a part. For me, I don't see a lot of loyalty in this business. The Panthers could cut me tomorrow if they wanted to, the fact that they brought me in last year didn't play that much of a role moving forward. Now, in some ways, I might agree. I, I, I think here is that what probably people don't like about this statement is that he's not gushing with exuberance and thankfulness for the opportunity, but instead really calling the market and his in his role in this greater business more like it is it's almost like he's yeah. being too too objective which makes other people mad because he's not syncophantic well you know fans want players to you know be about the organization first and foremost and, and they want to have this feel that that the the players love being a part of the organization that they're a fan of just as much as the fans love cheering for them. Um, and, you know, in my mind, that that's that's just not how it is. These players know it's a business. The coaches know it's a business. The GMs know it's a business. And everyone's just trying to make the most of their opportunity while they have the opportunity to play football and do so. And Eric Reed knows that. And he also feels, you know, he was, um, you know, thrown around, you know, uh, in the gutter and colluded against and, you know, uh, listen, I, I cannot speak for the man, but uh, his feel on the NFL and contracts and money, that's all up to him. As long as he's going to come and bust his ass to put the Panthers in the best possible position to be a dominant defense and, and not be a, a bad character in the locker room, as long as he's going to do all those things, I could not care less about how he feels on matters of the NFL or, or he's or, or not going to be, else. he's not going to be pro here's why he's not going to be problematic. The problem with Eric Reed's personality, if there is a problem, it's not a person, it's not a problem. It's just, he's got a heavy personality. 
right? Like my man yeah, is does. serious and that's a good thing. So he's going to be in those yeah. meeting rooms about business, right? Like yeah. he ain't going to be cutting up with the guys doing this. This mug has a seriousness about him, a weightiness and a heaviness that is heavy. When you read the interviews, when you watch it, it is like, man, this, this is not a lighthearted dude. And that is not a bad thing, right? That is a seriousness of focus there. But I think uh, people demand, I've always felt like this when it comes to like, when we ask players to open up about how they feel about a situation. And then when they go off kilter or when they say what you don't want to hear, you're upset that they didn't handle themselves better. Right. Is that you're always. And so what I'm trying to get to is this, is that I think that people who are on the fence about Eric Reed almost demand that he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, I don't think that it needs to be that case, I think. Um, but his the heaviness of his personality could be in a good thing for these younger guys, though. Deshaun Jackson. Right. No, uh, Deshaun Jackson. What's Dante Jackson, right? Dante Jackson. Um, these guys could benefit from that youth with kind of a guy who's not too old, but is serious of focus. Here's Reed on if he was a little surprised if it how long it took for him to get a deal. Have you taken any time to reflect on all that's happened over the last few years? Think about a year ago, what your situation was, and and now here you're signing a three year deal. Yeah, it's been a lot of time reflecting. Um, it's been a long time coming um, to get a deal like this done. Took way longer than I thought it would, but um, I'm I'm grateful to be here. Um, thank God for for seeing me through my career to this point, and I look forward to what the future holds. And and can I just say something real quick that just popped in my head? You know, the the fact of the, of the matter is he chose not to test the waters of free agency. Now that Ooh, could have been, to, yep. yeah. That I mean, now listen, that could have been he felt that no one else was gonna uh, sign him or whatever. He didn't want to go through the whole rundown of, of not finding a team, whatever. Man, listen, he wants to be a Carolina Panther, and, and he said so explicitly. He said that he wants to raise his family here in Charlotte, amongst people in Charlotte in the Carolinas, and, and he even said. But so for those of you that don't know, I literally live in Charlotte. I'm a hop, skip, and a jump away from the stadium. Uh, you know, he said that he has that that uh, that big city feel without all of the big city stuff that comes along with it. And I agree with him. That's perfect, you know. And, I mean, that should really tell fans about him that regardless of all the outside noise, of all the outside stuff, he wants to play football with these players, with these coaches, and for this organization. So if that's not an endorsement of what he thinks about the Panthers, I don't know what is. Well, I tell you one thing is that, you know, Reed does play. He he has the part down of like this dude is one like he is committed, right? To the Yeah. Like he's confident, he's committed and he's not going to waver. But I do want to say this is that he did there when he said his exact words were this this was comfortable. While he could yep. go into free agency and he could negotiate an additional five uh, additional million dollars potentially, maybe he could get into a different market. Maybe just the fact that he's negotiating the contract builds his brand and his name up so much more. 
all of those things. Do you know how much stress that would put on him indirect, even if he can hold it, even if he can shoulder the burden of the questions, the, 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 the takes on every media outlet that are going out, but that, that stress that's placed on his family as well. He doesn't have to go through that again here in Charlotte. He's already been through that in a shortened period, right? And now he can sign this deal, take his money, raise his family, continue to be who he is, but not have that just burden of, of, of going down the gauntlet one more time. And listen, you don't play football to lose. You know, he, that this also says that he wants to play his best football for the next three years here. I mean, again, like I said, I think that's an, an endorsement of, of the Panthers as an organization. Um, we should all be happy about him being here. And I, mean, I, I certainly am. And I, like I said, uh, this is, in my opinion, the perfect way to start off the Panthers free agency. I love the move. I love what it does to our backfield. Uh, it's a position that now uh, that we have to think less about in the draft and in free agency. Um, Let's go to that, Cody. Let's go to this because uh, last week on this show, we were talking about maybe even for the last two weeks, we continue to talk about free agency and additions and things that we got to do in the draft upcoming. But we knew that the free agency period was going to tell us the temperature, give us some, uh, you know, some, some readings about the direction of where we're going. What does sign in Eric Reed strong? Well, safety. Eric Reed's safety to a deal here. What does it do as now we approach free agency? Obviously, we're not going to go into the free agency market. I did see one. I think it was Keep Pound In that said, uh, was talking about uh, bring the honey. Ba- well, he didn't say bring the honey badger. He, he basically liked the tweet that the honey badger said and said, I have an idea. But it's not like, and, and now we know that someone like uh, Landon Collins is probably not in the works, right? So what does this yeah. do for the direction of us heading into free agency, do you think? Well, free agency, it, it, it means that we are in a position to better evaluate our talent, meaning we know that we have a starting caliber free uh Free, we're strong safety right now. I know we like him at strong, but Eric does have the possibility of playing free safety. Um, so you have a versatile player like Eric. Uh, it, it puts you in a position to evaluate your own talent. Do they like um, uh, Rashawn Golden moving forward as a potential replacement for Mike Adams? Do you need to draft someone uh, in free agency if you want to bring someone in? Who you want to bring in? I mean, it's not as... Uh, a situation like Los Angeles where we have enough money to just be able to throw money at players like Tyron Matthew and be able to pay him all he wants. Um, unless he takes another one year deal uh, like he did with the Houston Texans, which I, I do not see that happening um, again, but um, it, you know, it, it puts us in a position where now for lack of a better way to say it, we can build our defensive backfield around him and Dante Jackson and, and and James Bradbury. We know we have the pieces there that our coaches like moving forward. And now you just evaluate, do you have the guy on the roster or do you need to draft him or go out and pay for uh, a, a cheaper one? 
Well, we're going to go out and make a move in free agency. It's clear that we need to, where there's too many holes on offensive line and defensive line to just believe that you can ask rookies to play that big of a part. What I like about getting a, what I like about obtaining a safety in free agency as we have obtained Eric Reed is that you get a lot of value right there for a minimum cap hit. If you're going to go and get a starting defensive end in free agency, you're going to spend an arm and a leg. $7 billion still gives us room to negotiate. And I think that we could negotiate potentially for trying to bring in another guard. Um, or some help on the offensive line, I do believe that would be a cheaper route than chasing a defensive end in free agency. But it's going to be hard to pick up a defensive end in free a- in the draft in that 16 hole that can immediately just be a game changer. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Look, let's go ahead, Cody, and let's see what the, the fans have to say about this discussion. We're going to jump into the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to hear from you. You like this Eric Reed move. What does this tell you about us going forward into free agency in the draft? Hopefully, I do believe that these are real clues about, I mean, this is strategic, folks. The Panthers are now lining up this move to make the next move. And that's what we're interested in talking about. Let's go ahead and see what you guys got to say. The number is 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hey, Asian podcast. Y'all doing? This is G Cavazia. Hey, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. What's up, G? First of all, I want to say I'm pretty, pretty happy he uh, resigned Eric Reed. I'm really, really, really happy on this. I mean, he signed what a three-year deal or whatever. I think ten million dollars guaranteed. So I'm pretty happy on that. My only thing is. They signed him as a strong safety, I believe. Who's going to play free safety? Because I don't think Mike Adams is coming back. I really don't. So, should we go for a, you know, should we put Golden in there? Or should we get a free agent? Or should we draft one? Me, personally, I think we should get a free agent. That's just my opinion. You know, that's just me. Pair him up with the honey badger. I would like to ask you guys, you know, since Thomas Davis has been released or cut or whatever from the Panthers, which was a big ass mistake in my opinion how do y'all feel about clay matthews coming in playing outside linebacker i really like clay matthews i've been a fan of his <laughs> since he played in usc like for real oh, and if trying to get you to a three four hey man how old is he that? already won a ring you know running a wild defense you know so what do y'all think clay matthews being outside linebacker you know let me know you guys' feelings and uh, keep pounding. All right. I'm going to jump in there with the Clay Matthews. Oh, uh, Clay Matthews. Too old, man. He's 32 years old. We got to be getting you. Know, linebackers are cheap, man. Linebackers are cheap, and we can get a young one. Now, the question is, I think the real question is in that evolution that Ron Rivera has been talking about, and then we're going to talk about a little bit more later in the show, is that is this really a full transition to a 3-4? I don't know. 
He likes the Eric Reed signing there, but let's go ahead. Let's just, before we get in, we're not going to go too far into that evolution of the defense. We'll get that when we get to D Ford, Ron Rivera. Cody, what do you do at the free safety position right now? Sounds like I know I've been firmly entrenched that Eric Reed is a strong safety. He's good in the, he's big body, great in the box, limited coverage skills, faster than you would give him credit for though. But you can't really pair him up in the slot a ton. But my my point is is I think he's more of a of a strong safety. Put a really good free safety beside him, and you got some dangerous stuff there. What's the answer there? So if you want a free agent to come in to play for us, your options are fairly limited, or you're going to have to pay a bunch of money. So right now I have a list in front of me of players that can come play free safety for us. LaMarcus Joyner, Earl Thomas, Tyron Matthew. So Earl, <laughs> Earl, Earl and Tyron are the, the 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 names right there that people would obviously want. Um, Chris Conte from Tampa Bay, Reggie Nelson from Oakland. Uh, then it just gets to be a bunch of who cares. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. Um, you know, I mean, there. My Mike Mitchell is still out there. Mike Mitchell. No, we're trying to get young folks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Clay Matthews gone, 32. Uh, Mike Mitchell, oh, he's got to be 32 by now himself. Gone. Trey Boston still yeah. out there. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a fan man. of Trey Boston when he was here in the first place, but he has been a better player since he's left. Yeah, he has been a better player since he's left. Um, Adam Martin I, says I, I, Montez Sweet. Wait, isn't he a... Who's that? That's I a defensive. That's man. a defensive. That, that, oh, they're talking yeah, about the draft. A, yeah, they're already in the draft stuff. We might need to bump up that D Ford segment. Uh, they're into it right. today. Right. But um, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I don't know. Um, uh, if you're gonna bring in someone, I, I just don't see someone right now that we're not gonna have to break the bank open for. Um, that that doesn't, you know, limit what we're able to do cap wise. Um, I think that this draft coming up is kind of an underrated draft at the safety position. I do think there are some really good players out there to be had that we're going to be previewing. I promise, wait until we get to these draft uh, players, people. It's going to be lit. You're going to love it. So, there are some good safeties out there, so I'm not really a fan of looking to add another one in free agency at this point. We are a couple months outside of the draft few months outside of the draft we do a live draft show where we get up here and we bring on a lot of guests and we watch the first round of the draft and uh react to it and bring in commentators about it and justin reed was one of those names that was high up on the board last year in yes. conversation with the carol with the with carolina panthers fans derwin james derwin james a little out of our reach but imagine I mean, you don't want to go what ifs, ifs and ad, ifs and buts and uh, all that stuff. But, but, you know, <laughs> if think about pairing a type of 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 a caliber of a Justin Reed beside Eric Reed, that caliber of player, they could make a big difference quickly. Those they they team they seem to be able to uh, adjust quickly in that free safety position now. Uh, let's keep going on with these calls. Uh, I think we got one international call next. Kingston phoning in. Um, Rich Kingston. Yeah, so What's up, Rich? Reed, my uh, man. Uh, from a footballing perspective, I think that's really good. 
Uh, I know people were a little bit, oh, he didn't do much and we got worse after he joined, but he was playing free safety and I think he's a strong safety or he's a he's a nearer the line of scrimmage safety than a further back safety, if any of that makes sense. Um, but I thought his aggression and his tackling was superb and I think with the pre-season and a, a stretch at Wofford with all the rest of the boys, um, you know, if we're going to have Luke yeah. there and him behind him as the strong, I think that's going to be a fairly formidable tackling unit. Um, so really pleased about that. Uh, because I'm British, I have a slightly different view on the kneeling, but let's not go into that. I think enough's been said there. And he seems like <laughs> a, a good guy with good intentions and a lovely family. Um, yeah, it makes the draft interesting. Um, I'm very high on Nasser Adderley, as are most of the draft people. And starting to wonder yeah. if there isn't a decent edge whether just taking him and that really settles the whole secondary down between uh, Jackson and Bradbury. If you've got Adley or even Deontay Thompson, who looks decent from Alabama, despite the last couple of games, and uh, and Eric at Strong. I don't know about that one. You know, you're fairly set. You've still got Gordon and <laughs> hopefully Cornell that might get some time playing the so nickel cute. if they cut Gavin and let my no, no, go, which I suspect they will. Um, otherwise, I hope... Yeah. Everybody's enjoying if you're in Charlotte and then you've got the NBA All-Star game driving you. Oh, up. yeah. Um, Big so it's great. Yeah, I know. Rich Kingston knows more about anyway, American athletics than I will ever know. Than I will ever know. He knows more about American sports. All right, take care, guys. Keep having He knows more than about American sports than I will ever know. But yeah, that's what Bray, that's what Bray on, on Twitter, man. We uh, we shared mock drafts back and forth, and yeah, Rich is the man. Rich is cool. To echo what he's saying about uh, the Eric Reed and uh, type of guy, Ryan Khalil in December stated about Eric Reed. He's a good football player, but he's also a great human being. He's an incredible teammate. There won't be one guy in here that you can find that doesn't like Eric Reed. I think that says a lot about the guys upstairs and the homework that they do to find out this stuff. So, all right, going back to this is that, you know, now we see a little trajectory of how we're going into free agency and uh, the Eric Reed conversation will be a big deal and continue to dictate now where we're going and heading. Anything uh, from the Kingston call specifically, Cody, you want to reference before we move on? Uh, yeah, he mentioned Dante Thompson. I am cold as hell on Dante Thompson out of Alabama now. I, I think that um, he kind of got exposed for his limitations. And again, maybe this is a little bit early, you know, but I mean, most of the general consensus now is that um, he's not really a first-round prospect. Which, hey, maybe if he is there in, in round two, maybe we do take a swing at Dante Thompson and um, see if we can kind of maximize uh, his potential and, and his upside. But as of right now, I, that's just not a, his, his sideline to sideline speed isn't, um, isn't as good as previous free safeties coming out of Alabama, like a Landon Collins, um, like a Minka Fitzpatrick and so on and so forth. Um, but that's for rich. Cause I know he's into this type of shit. Him and I talk all the time. So yeah, that's for you, rich, but yeah, that's a, uh, that's pretty much about it. All right, you listen to the C3 Panthers podcast this week's episode. It's Evolution, baby. The uh, the cat calls line is 252-228-5098. We're going to keep plowing through with these calls. Hey, C3. Uh, it's just neighborhood Panther fan. 
Nova Black. How y'all Nova Black. How Long time no talk. Podcast. Uh, man, I'm excited about uh about the 2019 season, man. Now we got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about and very little time to talk about it. So I just yeah. want to touch on a couple of topics, you know, like Mr. Mr. Tepper. We're gonna start with Mr. Tepper and the bubble in Bank of America. I think that'll be real good for them boys to have a practice field, you know, that that they don't have to worry about the weather. You know, they can get real good reps. Uh, Cam Cam's recovery looking yeah. good, you know, coming back next season with the rookies, DJ Samuel, uh, Mr. Third Down. Ian Thomas, uh, Martinez, I mean, Manhurts. Um, <laughs> Martinez! The going to be looking good with everybody coming in there. Uh, with yeah, that, they do. Uh, that getting that time through OTAs and training camps, getting them reps in, and especially if Cam's healthy. Um, what about the sign of Eric Reed? That just came out. Uh, they get that boy a lot of money, but not a lot of guaranteed money. I think he's worth the guaranteed money at least. So uh, the defense, the secondary all together, um, Bradbury in his contract year, Dante Jackson in his second year. They got Coach Rivera calling the plays and uh, Coach Washington on the defensive line. You know, I think the defense yeah, might show up, might show up, and you get a complimentary yeah, man. offense. There's a lot to be optimistic about. Then Definitely. we got the upcoming draft. We didn't even get to the draft, you know, in the first round. Uh, who you guys think we should be taking? What do, what what's what uh what position should we go after? Like offensive tackle, defensive end, or defensive tackle? Mm, I wouldn't go wide receiver, definitely not. Uh, what about in the second round? You know, safety, cornerback, or should we double dip and get you know something on the defense or if any good offensive uh offensive lineman or uh, you know drop or whatever. I don't know how if it's a yeah. lot of them or not, but I don't think it's that many last time I checked. Uh, you know. So guys, uh, what do you guys think about uh the draft, upcoming draft? Um, how the defense is gonna look with everything structured as it currently is and with the guys coming in in the offense and towns being healthy. Uh, give me some feedback. Keep pounding. Nova Black with the fantastic call, man, and really uh, you know, so uh, he mentioned a few things, but let, let's start with uh, with this one. One of the things that David Tepper has continuously said is that he wants to put a bubble over our practice field, which I don't know if anyone saw this, but later in the season, uh, it, the, the weather was real bad, or I forget what exactly had happened. But the Panthers, when the weather gets too bad, practice at like a ballroom, like a conven- yeah, and like, it's like a ballroom, a ballroom in a hotel. And dude, it's like that. Come on, are we some kind of two bit organization, or are we a real NFL football team? And I think that you know David Tepper, that kind of shit drives him absolutely up the wall. And uh, yeah, I, I I love that idea too. And it seems like that's going to be something that happens um, this training camp. That there should be some kind of uh, bubble or enclosure over the practice field and i love that move i think that would be um awesome um as far as uh yeah there's a lot of good players on this team man nova black named a few of them uh and and there's a lot to be excited about um on this roster moving forward tony i mean 
you know, looking at the, the new players that we drafted and that we signed and that they're coming into their own. If Cam Newton's healthy and we're able to add some pieces on the offensive and defensive line, I mean, we should be able to roll, you know? Cam Watch 2019. Everything, Cam as watch. usual, resides on Cam Newton's shoulder. That's what I mean. Really, it doesn't matter at this point what you do, how good or bad you are around Cam Newton. If Cam Newton is not healthy and in your leader at the or the guy, he's our guy. So he's going to take us to this promised land. Now, yeah, I think with the comment to that, there are a lot of there. There is some talent on this team. Is I think the good news, and it's hard for us to remember this because we just came off such a long losing streak, you know, whatever it was, eight game losing streak, and then you win a game that doesn't matter at the end, and you know you see it all shrivel away. But you know, the league in, in an instant in this league, you can plug some holes and be a different team. So really, if you have Cam Newton healthy next year, like we always have a shot. That's what's been so fantastic about Cam Newton throughout his career is that if Cam oh, yeah. Newton is out there, you always have a chance. So if that's the case, if Cam Newton comes out healthy, then you get to see some of this talent that we have uh, has, has kind of been under that that shadow of last season. You can see it blossom. and sp- You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, there is some things. And I think, though, at the end, there are still significant weaknesses on this team. We keep going back to yeah. why were people so dissatisfied with the play of Poe, KK, and we can't. And somebody, whoever brought it, I think we brought it up on this show months ago. And that is that when you don't have defensive ends, your D tackles can be easily accounted for. So yeah. there are some real holes on this, but. Man, in the NFL, you can plug and play, and all of a sudden, we could be a damn 12 win. You can go from four wins to 12 wins. So, we have, I think, a foundation, but again, it all comes back to Cam. Let's go on and plow through with the next. Uh, one, more, one more thing. He, uh, he talked about the draft, and I'm not going to go too heavy into the draft because, like I said, and I, I really want to uh, you know, emphasize this to everyone listening and everyone in the chat room. We are going to do some deep dives on a lot of different players, man. Because I love this, I'm a nerd about all this. Tony calls me a nerd, and I wear it proudly. I am a draft nerd. Um, so, without getting too in depth, uh, what I want to do in the draft is what uh, Tony and I talked about last Tuesday: build that wall build around it. Cam Newton. Build the wall around Cam Newton. Three quarterbacks died behind this offensive line last year. In three weeks. And I will not, yeah, <laughs> and I will, and I will not stand for it anymore. I want, uh, I want a, a franchise left tackle, and I want a guard, and I want a center, and I will not be happy until we have all of them. And I think there are players in the draft to be able to do all those things. So are there other needs defensive end? Yes, it is a need, and I hope we address that as well. Um, but free agency has to happen first. We'll see what happens there. And then I am determined to get us some good players on both sides of the football, on the defensive line and the offensive line. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Keep plowing through with the Cat Calls line. The number's 252-228-5098. What's up, fellas? It's Ben from Harrisburg. Um, Hey, I just uh, just wanted to offer a little bit of optimism. Uh, In my opinion, I know um, Cody and a lot of Panthers Nation as well has been really down on Ron Rivera, and understandably so. There's just, you know, obviously there's some shortcomings there, but you know, I look around the league and the other eight teams that hired a new head coach and just like none of those guys really give me any confidence or reason for optimism. You know, it's like other than Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, that was to me the only actual really decent hiring. But I mean, how long is he even going to be able to stay healthy and stay committed and be there? You know, like that's to me a short term hire. And all the other guys are just like risky. You know, if you sniff Sean McVay, you get a head coaching job. I, I think, uh, I think the NFL is going to figure out real quick that there's only one Sean McVay, and that everybody else is just kind of an imposer. Um, so, in all honesty, you know, when I kind of now that all the chips have fallen, I look around, and I really don't see anybody that I would rather have of these new head coaches than Ron Rivera. So, I think when you think about it in that aspect, you can be a little more optimistic, and then. Uh, the other thing that I really like right now is that this uh, three-four switch that Ron is uh, mulling over. Um, the more I think about, it, I think we have some solid personnel for it. I think, uh, you know, obviously Poe's going to play the nose tackle. I think uh, he can do that. He can do that. Pounds and he'll yeah. slide out to the four technique. Um, probably have to draft a four technique. There's no way you can. Stick but that's what he did first. There. In Kansas, um, it was no then stack. after that, you know, we have Luke Keekley and Shaq. We'll probably both play inside linebacker. Uh, Mario Addison will be one of the outside linebackers. And then I guess we just need to get one more four technique and another defensive end either or outside linebacker, either draft or free agency. Um, I really like Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. I think if we do end up switching to that 3-4, he could be absolutely dominant. And he's uh, one of the pass rushers that I think realistically will have a shot at at 16. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about this season. Um, Cam doing well. Everybody's, you know, I think everything's going to go in the right direction for us next year. Uh, let me know what you guys think. All right. So fantastic call there. We're in what I do believe, and I to- we told you guys this, and I hate when, when I get all told you so we. But when we were talking about the firing of a potential firing of Ron Rivera, while everybody brought up a lot of reasons to fire Ron Rivera, what we could not do is identify guys necessarily that were out there who would be significantly better without a significant amount of risk. And you look around the league, and I do believe this, is that while he said you're only going to find one Sean McVay, to be honest, Sean McVay was foiled in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay needs to have some of the criticism levied upon him. I know a lot of people like to say golf is trash, and he's the reason they lost and this and that. Their defense held them to 13 points. Sean McVay made some interesting decisions. Ty Gurley had two legs in that game and did not play. Sean McVay is 33 years old. He might not be as messianic as people wanted him to be, but trying to pick a different person, Cody, trying it's one thing to fire Ron Rivera, but replacing him 
is a difficult thing. He's not impressed out there with some of the hires that are being made around the league. Well, listen, I mean, Ron Rivera is going to be our head coach next year. So I'm riding with Ron Rivera. Yeah. I have no other choice. But uh, but this is okay. This is what I want to say though, and I, I heard this you know even last season, and I, I still kind of think the same thing. It's like being in an abusive relationship, and then saying, "Oh well, I'll never be able to do better than this person. I might as well just hunk her down and make the best out of it." I, I don't know. That's just so you know, but you know, belittling to your own value. You know, I just don't. I mean, there's always a guy somewhere. Uh, that's up and coming that has ideas that could move a franchise in the right direction. But it's now, risky. It's tremendously oh, yeah, risky. And, and then and when I'm there's eight other teams it. looking for that guy too, it's also it makes right. it even more risky. No, and, and listen, I I I 100 understand. Um, I, I just think that if if it continues, that Ron Rivera um, is handcuffed this team for another year and the same problems continue to persist. And that's another year wasted off of Cam Newton and Luke Kixley and all these other uh, good players on our team. Then I, I, I don't want to hear that anymore. I mean, it, it's time to find someone that has some fresh new ideas that, uh, that could help the, the, the team moving forward. But like I said, Ron Rivera is the head coach. I'm not going to belittle him. If, if he's the coach right now, then you know I'm I'm riding with Ron Rivera for this year. Uh, I'm not I'm certainly not hoping the man fails. You know I want him to be successful. I want the Panthers to be successful. But if Ron Rivera doesn't do it this year, it's it's time to seriously look at some at some different names to do this. Got to get a clock management coach. That's what I say. Oh, I I do want to bring up. Did you see the tweet? Speaking of clock management coaches, I hope I didn't mention this on last week's show. Sean McVay has a guy that is, he pulls him back on the sidelines, right? Clemson did it first. Brent Venables has been having a, a, a pullback coach for years. All man. right, but, but yes, listen to this. There was, I saw a tweet that says the social media always remains undefeated. And it was a picture of Bill Belichick pulling him back. And so they put <laughs> Bill Belichick's face on him and they made the referee the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. genius. All right. So we're going to talk a little AAF football a little later in the show. Thanks for tuning in. I do think that the, he, uh, we brought up a good point. The caller brought up an excellent point is that there actually could be something too. Well, I've been trying to say don't over, uh, but overthink or maybe just believe that we're going to change our defense entirely. You know, maybe maybe there is a far out, far out chance that Ron Rivera tries to do something drastically on defense at this point and say we did go to this 3-4 look or more of something like that. We've approached free right. agency. We got a big box safety now. Maybe we can make another addition. And, Cody, let's go ahead and segue into the next, what we've been doing, Better get to better know a, free, a potential free agent. Who you got queued up for us this week? Today, we are looking at a player by the name of D4. He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he is a free agent this year. But the reason why we're previewing D4 today 
is because of his versatility. If we're going to be moving to a 3-4, then a player like D. Ford who can cut the edge like this and rush from a stand-up position, as you see right here, that would be everything that we wanted in a defensive end and would fit the new versatility that we're trying to add to our defense. Uh, he knows how to play with his hand in the dirt and standing up. He is a former teammate of Cam Newton. They played together at Auburn. And yes, you see right there, uh, they were acquainted in the NFL as well. <laughs> he has uh, he has tremendous bend, uh, extreme athleticism. Uh, he has uh, uh, a lot of secondary moves to be able to push, bat the hand down, rip on the inside, and get to the quarterback and annihilate Drew Brees, as you just saw right there. The versatility of D Ford is honestly what the Panthers want right now. And I know I uh, we previewed Trey Flowers before. And Trey Flowers is, in my mind, a, a true 4-3 defensive end. D Ford has some versatility to him. Because he can do so much, he can be an outside linebacker, he can drop back into coverage. It's not the best thing that he does, but he does have the ability to do that. Um, D Ford is uh has been a hot and cold kind of player. You so know him two- from the Super Bowl from uh, not the Super Bowl from the AFC Championship from lining off, lining up offsides. Yeah, he lined up offsides and that pretty much killed the the Chiefs' chances uh, at uh, going to the Super Bowl. Now, but to, D Ford to throw a little cold water, cold water on your fire. Uh, yeah, the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs have uh, have noted have have been pretty adamant about wanting to keep D Ford, right? And they right. and they still do have the option of a franchise tag. But I think they this do. was a this is a good highlight here to to say here is that truly, if you were going to make a distinctive philo- philosophical shift on defense, it's going to require. Uh, the addition of somebody that can usher in that era quickly. And D Ford could be a guy that could do that. Well, the reason why I picked D Ford is because Ron Rivera has said that we're going to be having uh, some different looks, that we're going to have a 3-4 look, but we're also going to have our traditional 4-3 look. And the reason I picked D Ford is because I'm confident that he can do both. Uh, They played some 4-3 at Auburn. Uh, when Cam Newton was there, and and they and listen, NFL teams do a ton of different stuff anyway. So you're never in a base formation 100 percent of the time. You have nickel dime formations. You have all these different fronts that defenses use. So it's important that a defensive player be able to line up at different positions. And D Ford has shown the ability to do all that. Um, as far as Kansas wanting to retain him. Um, the franchise tag is probably their best bet right now. Um, but I have heard teams before say, "Oh yeah, we want to sign this player." Yeah, and yeah, he's a part of our future. Dude, if he if they, if they don't tag him, if they don't tag him, people are gonna be reaching out. Um, I don't 100%. know if the Panthers are that team, but definitely somebody's gonna be reaching out. I would like to see this is that we need to get a petition going on Twitter, like get the mobilize the mob to to get a contract guy or someone who's just good at crunching numbers to calculate if it's cheaper 
um, from a salary salary cap position to run a four three or a three four defense on average? Wouldn't that be an interesting question? Because you would get to yeah. the question is is maybe by throwing more defensive backs out and more looks, maybe that's cheaper than this. Less more, maybe having more linebackers. It would be an interesting mathematical comparison to just say on average 4-3 defense costs this, 3-4 defense costs this, and to see which one is more cost-effective. To me, what's more interesting, even more so than the cost, is uh, are colleges putting out more pass rushing edge rushers than there are uh, uh, hand in the dirt for right. the defensive line. You can see a lot because of people then, standing up in the future. Yeah, because then that what that basically means is uh, if if there are more three four defensive fronts out there in college, it means that there's more of a chance for you to be able to replenish your football team through the draft because there are more players that fit what you do. So that's something to to look at. Um, and the financials as well. You know, um, I'll be looking a ton at the AAF Football League to get some of those answers, to be honest, because I think some of their defenses, a lot of their defenses are going to be more predicated on a 3-4 type of look. And I know that the guys who know defensive schemes are going to be like, well, it's not really a 3-4, it's a 3-2-5, this and that, but... It's definitely not a 4-3, right? That's my point. And so I do think you'll see more of that. I mean, the San Antonio Commanders, I was looking at their roster. I think they have 10 linebackers on their team listed and only four (laughs) defensive linemen. So you clearly see them getting a little bit more. And we hear, we constantly hear about the evolution of football and things coming from the bottom up high school entering the college college entering the pros. I don't know if that's where it's going, but maybe this isn't such a bizarre thought as I first believed it was Cody to go to a more, a different look entirely. Yeah. I mean, it's not bizarre at all. I mean, teams do it all the time. It's just that Ron Rivera, and this is kind of something we wanted to talk about Ron Rivera talking about his own personal evolution as a coach. Uh, Ryan Rivera has been pretty steadfast in the things that, that he believes and wants to do. And part of that has been a traditional 4-3 style defense. I mean, uh, you and I have talked about the number of linebackers we have on on the field. And, you know, we probably have three linebackers on the field as a 4-3 defense, probably more than, Almost any other team, you know, uh, most teams run a four-two-five if you're in that alignment. So, uh, but we've we've had Shaq, Luke, and Thomas on the field for uh, a long time now, and it just speaks to um, what Ron Rivera does as a defensive-minded coach. And our defensive coordinators, they kind of run the system that Ron wants to operate. I feel so. P. Thomas yeah. in the YouTube chat says elite uh, running backs no uh, are known to gash three four defenses. Yeah, so I mean, like those are all the different things. There are so many moving parts in considering a shift. 
and what that would do. Yes. We, I do believe the next move in free agency could indicate what we're trying to do in that regard. I mean, if you go and you get a guy that is a traditional 4-3 uh, defensive end and you pay a ton of money, we know where we're going. Um, if you go out and you try to negotiate a different way, maybe there is an opportunity for us to mix it up more than we thought. Let's keep going through with these calls. We still got a lot to talk about this night, tonight. Hey, guys, Ben again. Uh, real quick, one thing I forgot to mention about the 3-4 um, potential switch. Uh, look to see um, a sign of life from Marquise Haynes, our fourth-round pick from last year. If we actually yeah. do switch over to that. Yeah, he'd be four, great. I think, uh, That's what he needs to do. defense was absolutely the wrong fit for him. He, to me, screams 3-4 uh, outside linebacker. He's just so fast and explosive but undersized. Um, so I think that that switch could be huge for him. And maybe Fantastic for, uh, point right there. give us, if nothing else, like a situational yeah. pass rusher. Um that was it. Let me know what you guys think. Tremendous point right there. You know, you're talking, we think about Mario Addison transition to this, but think about the young guy right there who is the younger version of Mario Addison. Yeah, and even Mario Addison himself. I mean, he's another guy that's a lighter uh, a lighter defensive end. Um, you know, the, now that you mention it, and I've thought about this before too, we, it's not... Um, a, a far-fetched idea to say that we actually have a lot of personnel that fits a 3-4. Um, you know, again, we all love to crap all over Vernon Butler, but consider that in a 3-4 uh, defense, a 3-tech defensive tackle, which is what him and Kaywon Short play, those are now defensive ends. And then you put Don Tari Poe at nose tackle, which is you what he was You put those three guys out there, and then you stand everybody else up. Yeah, you stand everybody else up, put Marquis hands out there, um, put Mario Addison on the edge, rushing as an outside linebacker, and then you have Luke and, and Shaq in the middle and, and let them uh, play the defense and uh, and do what they do best. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at it. And, you know, the, the thing that Ron Rivera said is that we're going to do both. So that means we have to fit personnel to be able to do both of them, but we're still going to favor one over the I other. I hope, though, that we, if he does do it, that he goes, he pushes the chips a little. into the Yeah, I do, too. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope that we don't just trot it out there a couple of times and see if it works. I would hope that if we did believe that this is going to be an advantage with this personnel and in this NFL, that we gave it more than just a nominal shot. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, offenses are going to know if we're serious about it or not. And they're also, I mean, they're going to look at, you know, uh, do we, what do we do from those different formations? Or does that mean we're more looking to, uh, you know, defend the run or rush the passer? Um, a lot of teams only have three defensive linemen on passing downs, as it is. So it does kind of seem like a natural evolution of things. And, oh, yeah, look, I, you said evolution, and it's a good way to segue to what we I been, did. the name of the show. It's Evolution, baby. And, and Ron Rivera comes out this week. We're going to mix up the order of the show for a moment, Cody. If you yeah, can go ahead and put up the Ron Rivera story. Ron Rivera says that you need to evolve 
or go extinct. It's that time. People in the chat room have talking about have have been discussing how this is Ron's last chance, and right, and we all know it is. To be honest, is that this is and it should be. It's coaching for you know uh, the next move. We we we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast how we how I believe that we might. It's a good chance we replace our GM and uh, after the draft as well as. Uh, Ron Rivera, unless he makes some just insane push here. Ron Rivera's calling, and he's saying the words evolution again. I got to say, any time that Ron Rivera says the word evolution, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Because the last time, the last time he was talking about evolving, evolving this, evolving that, he brought back Mike Shula again, and we didn't evolve squat. We moved forward like one inch. It was like the evolution the smallest moment in evolution in evolutionary history. I felt like at one point, I almost feel like Cody, this is like the dodo bird realizing that if he doesn't get smart, he's going to go extinct, but he's also standing on the edge of the cliff cliff and it's too late. Yeah. Do and I were talking about this before the show. And I said that uh, evolution for Ron Rivera is cutting the crust off of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> it's, it's, wow, it's, big step, brother. You just learned that. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, baby steps. You know, some people evolve faster than others. Um, yeah, I mean, when Ron Rivera talks about evolution, I can only hope that what he's saying is, is that David Tepper had a look at this organization and uh, some of the things that were consistently popping up year after year and Ron Rivera and the things that he does. And uh, David Tepper said, listen, this is a new age of the Carolina Panthers. Um, yeah, everyone has to be better. And it starts with Ron Rivera. He's the leader of the football team. That's what the head coach does. <laughs> it, it lives and dies by the by the, the head coach of, of the football team. And if Ron Rivera isn't able to change the way he approaches the game of football, then even the players are just going to start to tune him out and not even take his uh, anything that he says with with real merit. Brad Dugan with the comment in the, in the chat room says, Rod needs to evolve into being a better talent evaluator. Amen. Oh my gosh. Is that if he evolves, you know, I would say this, there's a better chance of us running a three, four defense and being a top five defense than there is in Ron Rivera becoming a better talent evaluator. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, talent evaluation has been one nah, of the biggest I, We shouldn't be mean to him on that, but it has not been a strong suit. It has not been a strong suit with this organization. I so. mean, we're not being mean. We're just saying what it is. I mean, you know, uh, again, I'll, I'll say it like this. Amini Silatolu mm. was going mm. to be a, a starter mm. every year that he didn't, uh, that he got hurt. Andrew Norwell, uh, the highest paid guard in the NFL right now, was going to have a mini Silatolu start over him. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Mm. <laughs> he, he, needs to, he needs to be better. Yeah. Uh, a lot of different things. And, and everyone like, knows yes. You know what? Ron Rivera is like this. Is that it's like you love your kid no matter what, and he brings home the bad report card. You're like, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, you're pissed. Still love your kid, but you're still a little upset. Last call of the night, I think, so far. Yes, thank goodness. Last call of the night. 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. This is Mel, uh, Jedi Jordan chat. Uh, What's up, Jedi? It's been an interesting week for Panthers fans this week. I don't know about you guys, but I'm missing football. It's only uh, week one without it. Um uh, the most interesting thing I think I saw this week was the vlog that Cam did where he basically had looked a little behind the scenes with the surgery. And the way he was talking at the end of it, he seems like he's optimistic and coming back and being better than ever. Oh, and that yeah. pretty much got me pumped. We need to talk about this. Uh, the other good thing was Eric Reed signing. I think that was a great move. Uh, politics aside, it was a great football move. Now you know, all we have to do is worry about shoring up our um, the other safety spot and getting our defense back on track to being where we need to be. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how we um, run our defense next year. It looks like we're definitely going to be going into the fourth, or I mean, three four. And uh, I've always hated the three four because it always confuses me. Guys, it confuses me. I guess it confuses the offenses as well, and that's what the it is. Always confused um, our offenses too. Yeah. Uh, keep I uh, tell you this, work. what a great call oh. that is. Carolina Panthers have always been confused by 3-4 defense. Let's go ahead and talk about the Cam Newton. Cam Newton released a YouTube channel on top of that, and one of the things he gave us a look into was th- that this surgery that he, that or kind of the process, I believe it wasn't even the real, it wasn't the real surgery, it was a pre, pre-procedure. Uh, that they were going to then yeah. go and do. Cody, let's go ahead and play a little clip from uh, the YouTube channel, the debut. Let's talk about Cam Newton, and we'll get into his shoulder. Yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll play a little bit of this, uh, and then I, I have some thoughts on this entire thing. But, yeah, Cam Newton started uh, a YouTube channel, and this is how he comes out. decided to launch this YouTube channel uh, for multiple reasons, really, to be more engaging, you know, with my with my fans, because obviously I do feed off, you know, what my fans have to say. Uh, two, We've also, been here you know, since bring the beginning, brother. A little bit. I know there's yeah. a lot of different <laughs> YouTube channels, a lot of guys who have their sports, but I want this one to kind of be a little different. I want to, you know, I want to have a little bit more drip, swag, sauce. All right, so Cam Newton's got a YouTube channel out there, and I'm a big, giant fan of this because, Cody, I've been saying since the beginning, uh, my man came out, you criticized him for saying he wanted to be more than a sports player, but more than an athlete, but he wanted to be an icon. And guess what he just I criticized him? No, no, people did. People, oh, all okay. these people criticized right. him about saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, become a sports player first before you worry about this. You know what he did? Yep. He went and did it. My man, sports yeah. player, he's an icon. I love it. And look at this. You know what I love more most about this? It's Cam Newton has taken ownership of his brand. Right now, yeah. Cam uh, Cam Newton has been able to do something or is about to do something that few players in the past in the history of, of anything have been able to do, and that is to control 
the discussion of who he is and the way people perceive him to be. And right now, he's bypassing the media. He's going straight to the fans. Come straight to us, baby. We got a spot for you here on the C3 Panthers podcast. <laughs> Boy, that would be the best thing ever to have Cam Newton come and chill with us for a minute. <laughs> but listen, man, this is this is how I feel about um, about this Cam Newton YouTube content. Not only is this a way for Cam Newton to have uh, even more of an open book type of situation with his fans and to get closer with his fans and show the things that he does charity-wise and for the community. But Cam Newton gets so much slander, both online and in the media. People are just making shit up on random talk shows, just spouting hot air. And, you know, people think that because they're on Fox or ESPN or whatever, that there's some legitimacy to what they say. There's none whatsoever. But people just believe it. Hook, line, and sinker. Stephen A. Smith said that Cam Newton, uh, after he got hurt, that's when he had to stop running the football, and that's why he went downhill so hard. Stephen A. Smith didn't watch a damn game of the Panthers this year. If that's what he thought, Cam Newton was dropping dimes. Okay? So in my mind, this is a man that's had enough of people just saying whatever the hell they want about him. I'm telling you. Going, going 100% unchecked. Taking now, ownership. Now you're getting it straight from the man's mouth. Cam Newton is telling you what's up and what's really happening with the man, with our number one, with the the the, the lifeblood of the Carolina Panthers. That's what I our other player, is. our other figures in sports, doing this. Yeah, a lot of players. Um, Are they Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, the uh, receiver for the Steelers? He's popular on YouTube. Yeah, players are, what are about, starting to do this more and more. All right, so for me, I feel like this is one of the bigger. Now, I, I might just be insulated to <laughs> to Carolina. Politics, Carolina sports. I love it. But my 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 thing is this: is I'm a little shocked that I don't hear more of this, and that while people have been critical and they want Cam Newton to just be only a football player and that's all he can be in the world, I think there's a brilliance here, um, and that we probably see tons and tons more of this is monetization of all facets of your game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And and that the fact is is that like if Cam Newton blows his knee out next year, he still gets his big contract, yeah. But why not make residuals? We're up here begging you for two dollars. We're begging I I'm up here begging you for a dollar a month contribution on Patreon. Cam Newton made thousands of dollars just by showing us a little look into his life. And I want to see yep. it, and I don't got to pay squad to do it. Now, let's talk about that. He goes and gives this brilliant video, this wonderful video of him. And in the last caller mentioned this, Jetta Jor mentioned this about how you got a little insight into what the condition of Cam Newton's shoulder potentially was. They go in, they do some sort of yep. scope. It looked like in, in January that was just checking things out, and I believe they're still there was, I guess this was then there was some sort of second procedure is what I'm guessing. Because he said it's not as bad as we thought. We're going to be able to, you know, clean up some of the scar tissue. But it was really nice. It, I, to me, 
I felt like um, it was nice riding in the car with Cam. 5.30 in the morning. Kind of nervous anxiety that you would hear someone talking about if you were if you were that person. Even Cam Newton showed the the little it's just the jitters. It's early, it's quiet. You know that this is going to happen. And you walk in, and I even felt like I felt at one point like I was like with his wife beside him, wanting to hold his hand. And I was nervous too, and trying to be confident for Cam as he went off, <laughs> and he was getting sleepy. And I was trying to be strong for my man, and I was just watching the video. Am I the only one the hospital is just scared the shit out of me? They make me nervous, no. man. The, make the, the white, everybody the white nervous. Coat. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I got the heebie-jeebies too when, when watching it. But, um, yeah, though, I, I mean, I, I love it because I, I feel like unless you're a diehard Carolina Panther fan, and, hell, there's even some Carolina Panther fans that don't see what Cam Newton is to us and this team and how much he's asked to do and for how long he's been asked to do it with subpar weapons. Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches have both been his number one wide receiver, and both of them were top 10 in drops in the NFL this year. Uh, I mean, the, the man has been the rushing attack, the passing attack, the lifeblood of the Carolina Panthers, and he takes so much slander that I love it when Cam Newton is able to control the narrative about himself. I love it. I, I watch every single episode. As soon yeah, as it comes out, definitely. I hope you all go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. I know I already am, so I'm happy for it, man. I'm I'm happy that Cam Newton's doing this stuff. Yeah, tremendous is. I want more player. I want more people uh, to do these types of things because guess what? Is my eyeballs will give um, attention just as much on Tuesday as it would on Sunday. For a lot of yep. these different things, is that I love to see that these that we're all people at the end, and you got to see that Cam Newton just person dealing with a lot of stuff. Now, continuing to talk about the evolution, Cam Newton's evolved as a player. He's evolved as as an individual, and he's evolving now as into a brand, into an icon. We talked about Ron Rivera potentially evolving. Maybe if he has it, if he is he the dodo bird, or can he find a way to fly? with the 3-4 defense, but the last thing is Ben Jacobs was also released from the team, special team standout, or at least special teams legend, according to the descriptions, linebacker guy, special teams guy, he goes from player, he's released, and he evolves into a coach. He's hired as a spe assistant special teams coach, or I believe, or line, a special teams coach coming in. Um, there's another evolution there. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think I uh, I said this a little bit before. Um, it was in our test show, maybe, uh, that it, it, it kind of speaks to the environment that the players and the coaches, and that includes Ron Rivera. I'm not going to deny the man his credit. Uh, they've built a culture around the Carolina Panthers that people want to be a part of. And, you know, I don't know what the prospects were like for Ben Jacobs to go play football somewhere else. I mean, I have to assume that he just would have been another special teams player uh, if he would have, uh, you know, went to another team. But, you know, uh, Jacobs, as a player, decided, you know what, I'll put my career, I'll call it a career here, playing football, 
and I want to continue to be a Carolina Panther and I want to work my way up and, and be a coach. And who knows, maybe this is the start of Ben Jacobs one day being a, um, a big time head coach in the NFL. I mean, you know, people don't really realize that Ron Rivera wasn't uh, an impact player on the 85 Bears, but he was on that football team, you know. So maybe this is the start of Ben Jacobs evolving. There's that uh, that word again, you know, evolving himself to, um, you know, to be the best future version of himself that he can be. And that's a coach with the Carolina Panthers. All right, is uh, this the poor chat room has gone into this sad mode of Valentine's Valentineless discussion? Oh, will Lord, you be? Jack, what are you doing? Will you be my Valentine chat room? You can do that by smashing the <laughs> thumbs up button, subscribing to the podcast, and uh, continuing to be with us each and every Tuesday night in the C Three Panthers podcast. I think this is that. Uh, We've done about everything in the show other than the ice up picks. You got any other last points? Because I think I got one last piece of Panthers news, but it's coming in my ice up pick itself. I mean, I've said my piece, man. Uh, that That's really all there is uh, for me this week. It's been fun talking with the chat room and with you, Tony Dunn. Um, but I'm ready to ice some people up, man. All right. I'm ready all to right. ice some fools up. All right, you go ahead first. I know you got the fun one. This is yeah. the C3 Panthers. I, this is the longest segment on the show. We've been running this for, since 2014, I think. And that is when uh, Steve Smith told my man to ice up, get, a, get, get it together, toughen up. This is where we tell someone in the world to ice up, toughen up. Who you got, Cody? So I already talked about Steve Smith once, and I'm going to stay – with my man, Steve Smith. And as you guys already know, I'm a draft nerd. Um, I, I, I am working for drafttech.com. By the way, a brand new mock draft every Wednesday. So check that out tomorrow with comments for the first and second round pick. Give me your feedback. Let me know if you're liking it or loving it. But I'm a draft nerd. And one of the guys that I wrote a scouting report on that you can also find on drafttech.com is uh, the man who I believe is the best quarterback in this year's draft, and that's Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. And Dwayne is an incredible passer of the football. He's incredibly intelligent, and the, the man is a throwback almost. But Stephen A. Smith, for someone who loves to talk about you know, race and, you know, uh, uh, all the different things uh, about race. He did something. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll let you see it first. Haskins is no joke as well. I know that he's bigger. He can make all the requisite throws on the NFL level. He played for a big time program at Ohio State. I just find him to be more of a runner than a thrower. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I find. I look at Colin Murray. More of a runner than a thrower. Where's he got My like 188 rushing yards or something? 103. Oh, man. I even over. I just took a wild step. 103. So in a day and age where <laughs> you have Stephen A. Smith saying shit like this, I want you all to see what happened just there. Dwayne Haskins was racially profiled. About. 
was racially profiled by Stephen A. Smith. Dwayne is a black quarterback who is a pocket passer. But because Stephen A. Smith doesn't know what in the hell he's talking about, he wanted to call him a runner more than he is a thrower of the football. Come on, dude. Do you not want... What are they paying you for? <laughs> what are they paying you for? It it drives me up the wall. Listen, I, I said this before. Whenever you support the C3 Panthers podcast, you're supporting people that watch what they're talking about. They know, we know what we're looking at. The people Steve in the chat room no have watched idea. more on Tuesday of the of a team than Stephen A. Smith has watched of one team all season. Stephen A. Smith is an idiot to his soul. Then he tried to double down on Twitter because he didn't want to admit that he had just been the guy. Listen, man, Stephen A. Smith, you're a joke. You're wrong about Cam Newton all the time. You're wrong about over 50% of the things that you say. And Mr. Mr. Racial Equality just racially stereotyped a black quarterback. Ice up, son. I wanted to play and talk about the Whitlock stuff tonight, but I don't really have the energy to do it. And it's just another example of, of some things. And I would just end up saying some things that probably, I don't know. <laughs> My uh, my ice up pick this week goes to people though who are so aggressively haters on social media and about other people, condemnationers. And what I mean by that is that uh, for the last six years, I've seen people use Everett Brown's name as a punchline. And certainly Everett Brown did not pan out as a second-round pick. He did stick around in the NFL uh, and fall down the ranks, but he played a couple of years on a bunch of different teams, maybe not in a starting capacity. There's a man that's fighting for, you know I mean, he's trying to live up to people's expectations, but at the same time, uh, he did, was not able to when he was drafted in the second round in Charlotte. And I think this was the year of the Jeff Ota, the year after the Jeff Ota draft but the point being is that the Carolina Panthers have hired Everett Brown as a linebackers coach now and so I'm icing up the people who are so blatantly and and just it's just so ridiculously rude and insensitive to someone who struggled and didn't play well while they were in Carolina but now you're gonna go shake his hand if you see him on the sidelines and be like hey Everett uh, go get them to coach our people and this and that is that what I'm just trying to promote is this is that even if we say a guy stinks to promote enough kindness to not just trounce all over him so one day when he becomes your linebackers coach you don't have to just cower in fear or be a uh, two-faced like a son bitch so to you people <laughs> who are just overly rude uh, and and judgmental, the condemnationers. I said, "All right, my name is Tony Dunn. This is C Three Panthers podcast, where we're every Tuesday night live at nine p.m. We had a ton to talk about this evening, uh, and the reason we did is because you guys called into the cat calls line. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We want to hear from you uh, by next week, Cody. How can they hear 
uh, or discuss football with you and some of those draft picks that you're talking about on Twitter. Yeah, guys, I'm a draft nerd. Uh, if you want to talk draft with me uh, or anything, man, I'm on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. We only have so much time to cover in the show, so you'll probably get more in-depth answers um, out of me there on Twitter as opposed to on the show, which is uh, everything Carolina Panthers. But also there's a brand new draft coming out tomorrow on drafttech.com. Uh, uh, a brand new one drops every Wednesday. Um, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think about um, the picks, the comments. Uh, this this Wednesday is a little bit different. I took a different approach just to break up the the monotony. So let me know what you think. And that's all for me, man. Back Big to shout out to Ken Dye, Grand Steel, um, Josh from Mass, man. Josh from Mass out there just begging he's helping us get those thumbs up thanks a lot josh you've been tremendous support for the show lynn you're the best uh i've got a tweet i know i need to respond to susan fantastic thank you so much for your support and your donation west underground we see you all you guys out there we appreciate your comments you made tonight tonight's show we look forward to talking with you before next week and we'll see you on tuesday night 9 p.m this is the c3 panthers podcast and be sure to keep pounding subscribe to the c3 carolina panthers podcast on itunes stitcher youtube or anywhere you can catch an rss feed check out carolinacatchronicles.com for the latest panther news and opinions from the fan perspective for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.